Hello and welcome to the Strategic Flow Show. I'm your host, Tim Ennis. I'll be bringing you people and messages about living to your full potential in all areas of wellness. I hope you enjoy the show, and if you do, please share it with a friend. Hello and welcome to Strategic Flow. I'm Tim, and this is Kristen Fuller. She's a longtime friend of mine for about 10 years plus, and uh, we've gone through many adventures together. Uh, one of them, moderately more recently, is recovery. So let's talk about that. I wanted to get some insights from Kristen, who has a website called Last Call, or a, a blog called Last Call, and she can tell you a little bit more about that. But let's talk about you. You want to tell everybody a little bit about your journey and how it's working for you? Sure, I'd love to. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. So um, my journey started next week will be 18 months, <laughs> 18 months ago. Wow. Yeah, it's gone by fast and it feels like 10 years at the same time. So I, uh, as, as you know, <laughs> I was a bartender for uh, almost 15 years and I, my life was consumed all around alcohol. It had, I was a wine educator. I worked at a winery. I was a bartender. I mean, it was all around me. And when COVID happened, uh, it started being all around me even during the day and the progression of what was just wine at work with my clients or, um, karaoke, having some drinks turned into being alcohol dependent on a daily and nightly basis. And on Christmas day of 2020, I drank all day long, all night long and ended up almost unknowingly taking 30 milligrams of Ambien on top of all of that alcohol and almost didn't wake up. And when I say almost unknowingly, I was so out of my head by that point from the alcohol addiction that I wasn't really thinking clearly about the lethal action I was taking. So I, I wouldn't consider myself suicidal I would consider myself reckless and complacent. And that could have been the last day of my life. So when I woke up the next day, I was confronted by my teenage kids and their dad. And they were like, we want our mom back. <laughs> and their dad said, if this continues, there will be custody repercussions, which I completely agree with. So I committed to 90 days of sobriety and rehab, and it was only supposed to be for 90 days. <laughs> and then when I hit March 26, and that was my 90 days, there was no way I was going back. I, my life has changed in the most unexpected and miraculous ways that that old way of life is at this point, a distant memory. Wow. I understand. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing how many 
great times you can associate uh, the alcohol memories with. Uh, yeah. But then the bad times are so big and interwoven into bigger things and uh, bigger pieces of our life. Yeah. Uh, and so now you're, you're coaching recovery and you have your master's degree uh, in counseling. So how's that going? I actually, I have my bachelor's in psychology. Mm-hmm. I didn't finish my master's because I started coaching to pay for my graduate program and fell so in love with coaching. I just stuck with that. I feel like I can do all of the work that I desired to do as a therapist. I can do as a coach and I was able to help people sooner. So I didn't have to wait to get licensed by the board and serve 1800 hours of free therapy. So I'm able to help people sooner. It's going amazing. Um, I started recovery coaching last July. So it's been almost a year and it's a hard niche. Talk to other coaches and they're like, yeah, I help people increase their visibility on Instagram. I'm like, wow, that's, that's really fun and cool. (laughs) And it is, it really is. I did pick a hard niche. I also picked a niche where I get to watch people transform right before my eyes. And so even though it's one of the harder places to choose to be a coach, I wouldn't change it for the world. I absolutely love it. I don't mind the 1 a.m. phone call or the Sunday afternoon emergency coaching session because that's what I was placed on this earth to do. How do you find balance with um, with this passion, this love, this dharma that you've uh, embraced? How do you find balance for family and fun and everything else? That's been a little bit of a tightrope walk as I've been learning. Um, I set clear boundaries, although I make myself available to my clients. Usually they text me if they're struggling or about to backslide or relapse. They also know that if I can't get to them right away, if I'm at a family function or took my kids to the movies or something, they have other tools in their toolkit from working with me that they can rely on until we can meet or talk. So I feel really confident in my coaching framework because they can be resourceful and they can rely on what we've learned together to get them kind of over the hump until we can connect. And then balance for the rest of my day or the rest of my world looks like committing to a system and a routine that is non-negotiable. And that starts first thing in the morning with about a five minute guided meditation, just to kind of usher me from just waking up to how I'm going to go through my day with intention. And then a 30 minute yoga practice no matter how early my day starts, or even if I get to sleep in, those two practices are non-negotiable. That's fantastic. 
I do that as well. Uh, the bookends, as I call them, uh, yes. um, start in the morning, uh, fresh and ready for the day. And uh, after meditation and some creative writing, I do a visualization for the day with little check-ins during the day, uh, grounded check-ins. And then I have a bookend in the evening to recap and check in on anything that I may have done differently. Um, what did I learn from it? And how could I have done this maybe a little better? Uh, and then visualize tomorrow. And those bookends are essential. But the morning for me, I never thought I'd, you know, in the days we used to drink together, never thought I'd be excited about a morning, but it's fantastic <laughs> to naturally wake up at five something in the morning and just start the day. I don't even use an alarm. I've been having it for months. It's amazing. Um, do you have any tips, uh, any, anything that stands out? I know uh, as we move forward, um, I'd like to address some topics with you that we can maybe challenge each other with uh, yes, and just go from the hip as we're doing today. Um, this is more of an introduction to strategic flow and introduction to you. Um, and you're my first guest. That's so thank exciting. You. I'm so honored, Tim. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on yours as well. Uh, so I will include um, information about you. Uh, send me anything you'd like to put up on the episode when we post it. But any, uh, any final words of encouragement or insight uh, for somebody who's struggling out there? Absolutely. One of my favorite tips that helped my sobriety immensely. So I make sure that anybody going through early, the early days knows that in our brain, cravings only last scientifically for 15 minutes. Hmm. Our brain attaches to something, but gets bored really easy. So when you have a craving and you're trying to quit, not just alcohol, any addictive substance or behavior, grab your phone, set a timer for 15 minutes. Mm. And my favorite thing is move a muscle, change a thought, like pull up a five minute yoga video or a five minute Tai Chi video. Even if you've never done Tai Chi in your life, it's slow muscle movement that will release stuck energy stuck trauma, um, calm down your breathing. You can, I tell people, keep a little list in your wallet or in your purse of three people that you could call, whether it's three in the morning or <laughs> six in the morning that you can count on. And you're, you're on my list. You're on my list too. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and, um, and so three people and three things that will help fill up that 15 minute space. And my three Great things advice. are yoga, a walk and eat a snack. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired is what are usually the culprits that will send us into that craving. So yeah. I just check the boxes. <laughs> I, I find it, uh, when I do something like that, I uh, have really enjoyed meditation, but sometimes my mind is so off what I want it to be, or I'm thinking so much about something or I can't get my head out of myself. Um, I found the guided meditations, uh, never was into them before. And I started um, using the Calm app. Uh, Jeff Warren teaches a, a great 
how to meditate, uh, but having that, that guide there for five, 10 minutes or however long you want to go um, seems to guide me out of my thoughts and still give me the space to be, which is nice, but that's a new part of life. You know, I think about all the time that time and money that we put into the party and alcohol was a, a constant uh, presence there, you know, in a lot of the fun experiences or tough experiences. And it's amazing to feel everything now and to, to live differently and make conscious choices for a better life and live presently, uh, not blur things. So I'm glad we're on this journey together, my friend. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love being able to connect with you on this level and on your 50th birthday, here you are celebrating your bright, bright, gorgeous eyes, like just you're beaming. And I'm so proud of you, but proud doesn't even cover it. It's like a, an honor to be able to watch you do this. Thank you very much. Well, you are my kindred spirit and I appreciate you as well. Let's, let's help some people. Yes, um, let's. I'll wrap this up. Uh, this has been fantastic. Uh, and I greatly appreciate you joining me on my podcast and my pleasure. look forward to many more uh, as we move forward. Me too. Have a great day. God bless. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye.